Hi there, and thank you for tuning in to The Social Circus, where every week we dive into a variety of topics covering social media, mindset, and how to run your business. I hope that you enjoy today's episode. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Social Circus. I am your host, Sarah Thompson, and today I have the pleasure of being joined by Kara Stokes. Now, Kara is an SEO copywriter, and she really specializes in health and fitness brands and helps them create strong, fresh, and attention-grabbing messages. If you want captivating email campaigns, click-worthy sales pages, or SEO content, uh, she'll get the words working harder for you so you've got more time to do the things that you love. Um, she is a healthy living buff. Her favorite types of exercise are resistance training, yoga, and swimming at her local beach. Welcome, Cara. Thank you. Great to be here. Oh, look, I'm absolutely thrilled to have you on. I know that um, you're on two really hot topics, SEO and um, copywriting. They're always hard subjects, aren't they? They are, definitely. SEO can be a bit of a minefield for people. It's kind of one of those ones you feel like you open it up and it never stops. <laughs> no, it is a big can of worms. So I always love to ask my guests um, just to kind of let people get to know you a little bit beyond your um, formal bio. Um, tell me a little bit about your journey into being an entrepreneur and starting your own business. Sure. Um, well, it was a combination of quite a few things, really. I'd been a stay-at-home mum for a long time. I took time off work. And before that, I never really enjoyed any job that I did. But I had actually done lots of different aspects that I didn't realise were copywriting. I never knew what copywriting was, that it had a term, but I'd actually been already doing it um, in lots of different roles. So I've been a writer since I was like nine years old. I've written books. I studied writing straight out of high school. I wanted to be JK Rowling's. Didn't happen. <laughs> so, you know, you got to earn money somehow. So I did a whole heap of different things. And then I needed work that would fit around my kids. I wanted flexibility and I just couldn't imagine going back to working for someone else. I wanted to be in my own role where I was helping people in the best way that I could be. I'd never found that before. So I kind of rolled into this copywriting thing and here I am almost five years later. Wow. Although I love, I love hearing that because I think so many of us are driven to start our own business when we have a family and yeah. we realise that our workplaces are not the family-friendly spaces that we were hoping for. <laughs> yes, definitely. Yeah, And just and the I flexibility, you know, you can pop up for kids' events, I can shuffle my hours and be around when they need me. Um, and it also works for the clients too, you know, it just, it works. <laughs> Absolutely. And I know um, I've been in business for a long time now. And when I started my business, my uh, children were three and five. Um, yeah. They're now 14 and 17. So they've only ever known really the world where mum and dad work at home. And yeah. I love that. Looking back, I'm really proud that we created a business that allowed us to be present and, like you say, attend those things. Um, and I, I remember my early days being quite embarrassed about working part-time around my children. And it was as I got more confident and I realised that the people who thought that was weird were not my ideal customers so it's yes. also a nice journey to kind of like you say it works for your clients so I can I still remember um, messaging a client of mine who was at the time one of my biggest clients and I said to her oh, do you mind if I move our appointment because my son's getting an award and she wrote back and she said this is why we do what we do Sarah I have always run my business around my children and she's um she's been in business for 25 years yeah. and I just went oh my gosh those are my people <laughs> Yeah, it's awesome, isn't it? And it means they get the best of you. I think that's what I love about it the most is because I have the flexibility, particularly because I'm in a creative role, I can shut down when it's not working. I'm not, I don't have to be forced to sit there and just 
pump it out. I can go, no, no, this is not the hour to get this done. You know, obviously I have deadlines and things like that, but I can go and do a gym workout, you know, have a cup of tea, refresh, get some space, come back, and all of a sudden the words will flow and then the clients get the best stuff. But if I sat in an office, you know, in the CBD 8 to 5, I guarantee only two of those hours would be excellent work. The rest would just be fluff. Oh, and isn't that an interesting mindset shift? It took me a long time to realize that I could work how I wanted to work. And I was one of those yeah. people because I was, I was a little, um, like a corporate automaton. And so when I started my own business, I kind of felt like I had to still do that many hours. And it's taken me yeah. years to realize that I can work at my optimal self and I can take time off when I want to. Too. It's a, it's a big lesson. It sounds like you've got a much better handle on it than me. <laughs> I think I kind of had it even when I was in corporate. I kind of knew I would, I've always been really fast at whatever I do. So I mm. would sit there in any job. And I'd whiz through it and then I'd be bored for the rest of the day. And whereas now it's actually like, well, I can do the other bits, you know, I'll do a bit of client work, I'll do the social media. It really suits my kind of personality that whatever I'm feeling at the moment, I can flip to that and everything somehow gets done. Oh, I love it. Awesome. So let's jump in and talk a little bit about copywriting because that's why I've got you on today. I could talk about being a woman balancing a life all day. I know. Um, <laughs> but let's talk about copywriting because that's a space that is. I think a lot of my audience find really, really challenging. So um, you said you've always been a writer and always enjoyed that. So when you're working like with your clients, what are some of the things you find that come up as common challenges? Um, there's probably at least two, maybe three points. One of the first one is the perspective flip. So especially for starting up businesses, the first thing we do is talk to people about us and it's very we focused. So we do this, we are awesome, come by from us. Um, when you change that to you, you will get this when you work with us. That's a really powerful change. And once people wrap their head around that, the copy and the content that they create, just it just transforms and it resonates with the reader and they get so much more engagement because instead of just pumping out the message of all the features, and this is a huge thing in copywriting, you've got your features. So say if you're a personal trainer, your feature might be air conditioning. If you're in a hot climate, it might be your dog that comes in and gives them snuggles, you know, it might be short workouts for mums. And they're all the good things that you do, but you've got to talk about how it actually benefits them so once you start to see what the benefits are and come from their perspective what their problem is um, and switching that around and talking about that first then they pay attention to what the features are and it, it can be quite a head flip some people take a little bit to kind of oh you know but we just need to talk about you know my beautiful micro needling massage you know um appointments because they're just all these Amazing. wonderful things that they'll get from it and it's like yeah okay that's awesome but Honestly, and I have to be a bit blunt, the audience <laughs> doesn't care unless it's actually about them. So yeah. whatever we put out, they really do not care unless you're talking to them and the problem they've got. So once we kind of get our heads around that, uh, it makes a massive difference. Oh, I love that. So what were your other couple of thoughts? You said that 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 flipping yep. that from, from the perspective. we are to you, it's a wonderful yep. tip. Thank you. And what were your That's other a really thoughts? powerful one. And yes. following on from that would be having a conversation like we are now. Every time you're writing, you're having a one-to-one -one conversation. So if anyone has done a university degree or had a really um, full-on high school teacher that loved the long essays and things like that, you get stuck in that academic style of writing and that's mm. not what business is about or even in corporate you know they love officious language sustainable maintainable all that sort of stuff 
ditch it. It's not the place for it. When you're <laughs> writing, you've got to write one-to-one as if you're sitting across the table from someone in a cafe, not a mate because that would be too close. You get a bit too chummy and you might let your guard down a bit too much, but a friend of a friend, like an acquaintance that you're introducing mm. yourself to, you're telling them a bit about things. So it becomes much more relaxed and really, help, yeah, again, helps with the engagement because you're not talking at them, you're talking to them and you're opening up the questions and for them to, you know, resonate with them and say, oh, yes, you know, that's me, I get that. And, oh, I had that yesterday. I'm so glad you talked about it, you know, those sorts of things. Um, I love that tip, Cara, on that conversational tone because um, I, I've, I've done a fair bit of study. I've just finished my master's last year and I genuinely struggled, even though I love study and I love academia I've been in that space now particularly in social media it's very casual isn't it so I've been in that space of writing casual content and then when I wrote my first essay I was like oh I'm not allowed to use I or we or any (laughs) any any kind of any of those um kind of naming acronyms and it was really really interesting to kind of step back from that it actually took me months to get back into that habit of that academic formal writing and I was like oh we just don't get to the point (laughs) Yeah, it's very different and it is, it's a habit. And that's the thing with any writing is if you really struggle with it and you're not going to pay someone else to do it, you need to invest in it and spend time doing it. You know, it, it really is just a skill. So the more you build that habit, the better you get at it. So if you hate it, just sit there with the page and don't do a blank page. Give yourself a prompt. You know, what did I eat yesterday? What was my favorite Christmas? You know, it can be anything, but just the practice of writing makes you get better. Yeah. Oh, good tip. Um, so let's let's talk a little bit about SEO because that is something that I I feel like we often it just becomes another thing on our to do list as business yeah. owners, and you just think, oh my gosh, what do I where do I start? Yeah. <laughs> so can you give me a little definition of what is SEO for a start? <laughs> sure. So search engine optimization. So it's all about making your website in particular, but you can use it in other search engines. Instagram is a search engine. YouTube is a search engine. But we'll talk about Google just to simplify it a bit. So it's all about making your website easy to be found by Google and by people. So it's actually a combination of the two. Sometimes people think it's just the technical stuff. But the number one rule with SEO is to write for people first and for Google and its search engine algorithms second. So Mm -hmm. um, it's about using keywords and some of the more technical things like, you know, how fast your page loads and, you know, JavaScript and all these other kind of things. Um, yeah, it's a big topic. <laughs> it is. But from a copywriting perspective, where would you even start with SEO? Like where, what, what do you give us some little tips for people? Sure. Well, probably the first thing if you're not doing keyword research yourself or paying someone to do it is just to think about what people would be putting into Google to find you. So a classic example I get is I work with personal trainers and a lot of them when they're at a certain level, distinguish themselves from every other PT out there because, let's face it, it is a crowded industry, Uh, they call themselves coaches. And Mm -hmm. that's awesome and I'm all for it. But the average Joe and Sally are pumping personal trainer, you know, Brisbane, personal trainer Tasmania into Google to find them. So I have to tell them if you want to be found on your website, we are going to have to use the phrases personal trainer, even though you want to be called a coach. Same thing with like, you know, sometimes they might be a gym, but they want to be called a studio. And it's like, well, people might look up Pilates studio. They might not look up resistance training studio. They might just look up local gym. So it's a matter of thinking about what words they're actually thinking about when they're looking for you. And often it's not what you would call your stuff. 
Mm, so interesting, isn't it? And it's um, I, I, over the last few days, I've had some really fun conversations with some of my clients about what do we call ourselves? Yeah. And um, it is incredibly difficult to put a label on a lot of, especially um, I guess we, we're in this emerging industry space. So I, I would have probably 20 years ago been called a business coach <laughs> and yeah. now I call myself like a digital marketing coach and I am actually both, I yes. guess, um, and I try not to get too caught up in it. But when I do the keyword research, so many people are looking for specifics like Facebook marketing. Yes. And so I have optimised my website for specific terms rather than those big umbrella terms. And um, obviously I found that to be really good, but it's quite it's quite daunting, that keyword search, isn't it? It can be. And that's where yeah, getting specific is the key. So the more you can drill it down, um, you start, if you use like say a short tail keyword as we call them. So if you just, you know, want to be found for socks, you've got no hope. You know, there are a million sock brands out there and there are big ones with massive marketing agencies it competing against. But if you sell purple socks with pink butterflies, there is a very specific audience that is going to be looking for that. And you optimize a page for it, you've got a much better chance of getting found. So they're the long tail keywords. So the more specific you are, so Facebook marketing ads, and you might have things like Facebook marketing ad spend, you know, different things like that. The longer you can sort of stretch it out, um, the more chance you've got of getting found. So it's about, again, answering that specific problem that they have. And, and that's where that perspective flip comes into it, because we're not focusing on getting found for our services we're focusing on getting found for what they actually need Ooh, that was a very juicy tip Carl. yeah <laughs> so so important because it's it's really interesting and I look I have been in marketing my entire adult life and I still revert back to I want to tell them what I do and I forget yeah. to tell them how I help <laughs> Yeah, but it's a, it's like a constant struggle to kind of go. No, Sarah, you know better than this, and and yeah. I and I still struggle with it because I'm like, no, but I've got this great thing and it's going to be great, and it's like they don't care how great it is unless I tell them how I help their problem. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and it's a natural thing because the first thing we do is come up with something. We go, oh, that's really awesome, and and the hard part is we already know all this stuff about our business, whereas we have to understand that they often don't. They don't know all the back end, all the technical things, or the fantastic, you know, terms and phrases that we do. So you do have to, in a sense, dumb it down. And you know, when you're writing, they say write it like a grade, sort of. I think they call it a grade six level. It's American, but around a twelve or thirteen year old level of understanding. So unless they're actually in your industry and know the terms you're talking about, you need to then translate it into more simplified terms. Oh, such a good tip. Um, do you know, I find that I really intentionally steer away from um, industry language, terms, yeah. acronyms, shortcuts, because it's really easy to lose people very quickly. Um, and yes. it also makes them feel really overwhelmed, doesn't it, from a copy perspective. They're just like, oh, she's not at my level. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. That's it. And you want them to be able to relate to you first as a person and then you can educate them. If you don't open that door, they won't listen. Yeah. Oh, so interesting. So when we go to look at, so we've talked a little bit about keyword research and then I'm on my website now. Where is yeah. a good place to start sort of reviewing my website copy and what do you think are the couple most important pages on your website? Um, well, your homepage is your number one. About yeah. pages are very underestimated. A lot of people leave them off, but they're actually the most visited page, particularly these days if you're an ethical brand um, or a sustainable brand, that page has to be there because your core business values are the first thing that people are going to look at. So about pages are huge and they, they're they a whole other topic, but I'll, I'll quickly go over it. They need to <laughs> yes. be a bit about you. 
um, but in terms of, again, what they're looking for. So you can drop a bit of your business background and a little bit of the story about why it's founded, and but you need to sort of talk about it in a way of why you do what you do and how it helps them. So you have your core business values and your little background story and your mission and things like that, but, again, it's all got to relate to how that makes you a better fit for your audience. Oh, very, very juicy. And um, I actually, I've, I've had a website my whole um, business journey um, and yeah. it's really, really interesting how much that has changed, the trends with that. And I actually really yeah. like that we get to talk more about who I am as a person and the stuff that makes me kind of interesting and different rather than just it being like a CV, which I think is very dry and doesn't convey Definitely. any of that, who am I, like the human side to our business. Yeah, it's been a fantastic switch. It makes business is relatable because you know people don't connect with businesses they connect with people and that's what everyone's looking for now because we're so inundated with advertising and options that if we don't feel that connection we just won't make the choice to go with someone so when we open that door and build that bit of personality in that allows people to then connect with that brand and that's what all the big brands have done they've built these emotional connections so that when people instantly see their logo or hear the word coke or nike you feel something it creates Mm. that emotional um connection talking about SEO again about the things you should look at too the other one I want to go back to is navigation really important to have your navigation really simple but also what you call your pages the page titles and URLs you know putting your keywords in there um, mm-hmm. so when your navigation you know you don't want 20 things on there have like eight and name them what they are sometimes we've feel like we need to get clever um yes. but a it's confusing for your audience and b you're losing a chance on keywords so <laughs> if you do you know online social coaching or something like that it's okay to call that tab online social coaching you know that's a fairly long one but mm. you know you get in there with the actual what it is simplicity is always the way to go oh that's such a good tip and it's really interesting because I do sometimes think that we um, overthink and overcomplicate our websites and we're like oh this is really on trend or it's really sexy and I hear everyone calling themselves that and it's like like you say, that's not necessarily the language that your audience is using. And I'm definitely guilty of this because I sit too much in digital space and I follow a lot of other people in the digital world. And you yeah. see these trends coming through and you're like, if I did that, would my audience know what on earth I was talking about? <laughs> exactly. Yep. And it's, it is hard because you feel like you want it. You know, you get very invested in your website. Some people are almost like, it's my baby, especially if you're DIYs, you know, you spend a lot of time on it and you want it to be the best years and you got this opportunity to be creative and clever. But really, we have to remember our website is not for us. And mm-hmm. as a copywriter, you know, for me, that's really hard because I love writing. I go in there and tweet my website all the time to try and make it better. But every time I do, I have to remind myself, it's not for me, it's for them to find me. And when you keep that in mind, then it takes all that stuff out of it. You don't need the clever turns of phrase. You just really need to tell them in a really compelling way who you are, what you do, and how it makes their life better. Amazing tips, Carl. Oh, my goodness. I think <laughs> I could talk to you all day about this. Yeah. It's so, so interesting. <laughs> um, look, thank you for being so generous in sharing some of those fantastic tips um, for my audience. And I hope that they're going to go and take some action. But I'm a bit like you. I'm a bit of a website tweaker. And um, yeah. I go in all the time. And it, one of the things that I, I do want to comment on is that I think with our websites and copy as well, I think we often get really wedded to the idea that things have to be perfect. Yes, yeah. we do. 
and it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> and what's really, really interesting, I've worked with a copywriter several times on my website and um, I've just reviewed it again this year and I only did it two years ago. And yeah. when I went back to it, I said to her, um, there's been some shifts in the way in which we talk about people, like in terms of, you know, that whole trend away from talking about women as girl bosses and all that kind yes. of stuff. That language, I had some of that language on there and it felt quite uncomfortable suddenly and two years ago it seemed amazing. And yeah. it's really interesting that things shift and I think if we can be open to looking at our website regularly and saying to myself, this works now, it doesn't have to work forever. Yeah, exactly. It, it's okay to tweak little bits and it might only be sections of it. Um, and also it comes down to sometimes, again, like we were saying before, not necessarily following trends but being you. If you mm -hmm. stay as you are, and yes, we do evolve, but I think we tend to evolve slower than the trends might. So if you're very much you on your website, it might last you, say, five years, whereas if you're following some of the trends on those sorts of things, yeah, every two years you'd want to be changing it. And sometimes that comes down to your audience. If they're all 20-somethings, you <laughs> probably need to keep updating it. <laughs> yeah, that is so, so true. It's, um, you know, making sure it feels authentic to you and making sure it resonates with your audience are really good tips as well. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I'm going to want to talk to you all day. I think I'm going to have to have you back, Cara, because I would love to have you back to talk about about page on our website. I think that would be really interesting for my yeah. audience. So we will get you back on the podcast. But I just want to wrap up and say thank you for generously sharing your wisdom and for giving us so, so many easy tips that we can action. Um, for all of my listeners, um, please check out the show notes on how you can connect with Cara. She has lots of wonderful services and obviously some great socials where she gives lots of good tips. So be sure to go and check her out and follow her. Um, Cara, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you so much for having me on. It's been wonderful. Brilliant. Excellent. Um, it's been delightful talking to you and um, to all my listeners. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode and I will see you all the same time next week. Thanks so much for tuning into The Social Circus. As your host, Sarah Thompson, I am thrilled that you've chosen to spend your time hanging out with me. I would be so grateful if you could spare an extra moment to go and leave me a review on your favorite podcasting platform. And if you even felt more excited, you could share my podcast with your friends who you think would get great value from it. Thanks so much again for tuning in.